Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, as always, good to see you. You as well. Um, let's dive in. Pretty cool opportunity. Oh, sorry. Do no. we want to have... Dive in. Have some no, back? we're going to dive in. All right. Uh, pretty I should have cool known. 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 You wanted to go. Uh, for for me, I've talked about Luke Amson quite a few times on here. Um, kind of in passing, he doesn't always get the, like, the pure shout out um, that maybe he should. Luke is the person who prompted me to think about doing this work from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who called and said, I, can you talk to my cross country team? And kind of planted the seed like this is a thing that could happen where you might be able to work with teams. And I remember the first day calling you on my way back because he lived about three hours south of me. And so I was driving home and I just said, man, that was really cool. It went really well and I'm surprised by it. And I want to like I want to keep doing this in some capacity. Um, I didn't know what that it would turn into a podcast necessarily. But, but Luke is kind of always been a champion of, of what we do. And so it's really cool to talk to him and see kind of the journey that has, that has been um, the last five years of, of us kind of doing this and working on it together. Yeah. And I wasn't available for the, uh, the interview, the conversation, but what I love about coach and, and some may say, Jamie, that it's about time he's been on. I mean, yeah, seriously, I mean, probably. he <laughs> has influenced a lot of what we do, like you just said. And so eh, maybe that's a good good reminder for us to to think about that. But what I love about Coach uh, Amston is that not only is he invested in this for his the athletes that he's working with and the students that he's working with, but he yeah. does it himself. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and so often we talk about this journey, whatever this is for us, uh, is, is, is part of our journey too. The things yeah. that we talk about, the, the people we have on, they impact our lives individually as well. And and that's something that Coach Amsden lives. He lives yeah. that out every day. He's always trying to make himself better because he knows if he does that, his athletes and his students are going to be better equipped. Yeah. And he absolutely speaks to how that has influenced him, his thinking as a coach. Right. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I, I mentioned this book in, in the episode itself. And I, and I give the author, so you're welcome, but it's legacy by James Kerr. Um, he, he kind of embeds with the, the all blacks, the New Zealand all black rugby team. And he talks about how character, like their first, their first discipline is character. Character is everything. Personal growth, personal development is the first step in the process towards team success, whatever it might be. Leaders, coaches, teachers, business people, CEOs, whatever it is, if you do not know who you are and what you are about and that your character reflects those things in a way that is worth following, you will not have the success you desire. And I don't like, I'm not saying that as a threat. Like, I I think just the evidence proves that over and over and over again, the most successful corporations, right? the most successful teams. If you read anything by John Wooden or the score takes care of itself by Bill Walsh over and over and over again, the defining theme of their teams 
is that we want athletes of high character and you have to do it yourself. You can't mo- you can't have athletes that don't see the model, right? And and like you say, that's one of the coolest things about Luke is that he's like, I'm gonna try and be the model too. Like if I'm gonna expect my kids to run 200 miles, I'm gonna run 200 miles. That's how it's gonna be. And it's hard. Yeah. And you know, I think about you and my head went to you as a parent and the, the other parents I know with young kids in my life. And it's like, we've talked about that a, a bunch of times where it's like, yeah, I want to be the model that I want them to see, but it's hard. It's hard. I, I sometimes really <laughs> wish that they would stop talking right now mm-hmm. or stop doing the thing that they're doing. And I, I get short or I get impatient yeah. or I'm not the person I want to be in that moment. And knowing that there's another opportunity, there's another chance that I like to me, that's what eyes up is about. And I think if we ask Luke, what's eyes up, like do it again tomorrow, there's do another. it again. The next opportunity you get, there's another chance. Well, I'm excited to hear the conversation. I have no doubt that you all, and along with me hearing it for the first time, will get better. Luke Amson. Here we go. the cloud uh now joined by a good friend and in some ways the person responsible for this podcast uh luke amsden you guys have heard us mention luke pretty frequently uh whether it's just been a coach or a guy or actually by name but you are finally joining us on the podcast. Just me solo today, but we, I am, I'm excited to have this conversation with you on air. Finally. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. We probably talk daily in some, you know, whether it's a text message or a phone call, it's, it's probably 320 days a year. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, it's every day, but you're one of the people that is, is kind of in that group of mine that I I'm kind of constantly bouncing ideas off of, or in our case, you're constantly bouncing ideas off of me. Hey, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about doing this? I think of you as an idea guy mostly, but you also take a lot of action. Talk to us a little bit about why all the ideas, right? I, I you just like are constantly throwing stuff at me. Let's start there. Where are you interacting with this stuff? Where is it coming from? What is, what is kind of prompting all the ideas all the time? Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a big uh, believer of mindset and, um, and what it can do for people, what it's done for me, I guess. Um, it's a constant daily battle, obviously, as we talk about, uh, to, to get better at it. But uh, I just think, um, I don't know, always thinking of ways to get it out to people, um, the more people that we can get to. Um, get this message across and, and get them involved in, in our community, I think uh, the better off everyone's going to be. Well, I think that's interesting that you said it like that, get them involved in our community, right? It's like, it's a little bit selfish, right? I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit selfish. Like if they're here, we're going to learn and grow from them. And you talk about what it did for you. Let's go back a little bit. Um, you're a, you're a cross country coach, head cross country coach. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this story a few times, had a friend cross country coach, just like I used to, we did this wrestling mindset thing. I think you could come and do it for us. You are that person, your first year crossing coaching cross country, more or less your first day of practice is the first time I walk in the room to do anything like consult with a team. 
Why did you think that that was a necessary thing at that point in time from your own experience? Um, based on previous conversations that I had had with people and, and a lot of reflection on my own athletic career um, and conversations that you and I had personally had, um, you know, I got put in the, in that position. I, I, I was the assistant and then the head coach stepped down. And then if there was anybody else, I, I said, let them do it. There was nobody else. So I, I did it. Um, and I just knew that, uh, you know, to get our athletes where we want to be and, and ultimately to get buy-in, I guess, uh, for me, uh, you know, I just felt like that was the place to start. Um, you know, physically training, they had had a good base. Um, but the mental side of it, I thought from day one was a good place to, to launch from. And, and you talk about your own personal experience. Talk us, you were a, a very accomplished high school wrestler here in the state of Minnesota. You know, you had some success in, in cross country as well. And, uh, you know, did you play baseball? Yeah. Yep. And so like you knew what it was like to be a successful athlete and yet you didn't ever reach the pinnacle. And you and I've had this conversation that maybe this was a barrier for you personally. Yes. hundred percent. Um, I look back and it's, it might sound a little, um, I don't know, uh, self-centered or, or whatever, but you know, there's, there's no reason in my mind that I shouldn't have been a, a state wrestling champion, but, um, I had the work ethic. I had, the had the coaching. I had the, um, the physical skills. It's just the mental side. I could have been a state champion in December. Um, yeah. you know, it's just March Excel center, um, lost to lost to numerous guys that I didn't need to lose to. Um, and it was the mental side of it. And, uh, and so that's why I'm so passionate about it. You know, not that, um, you know, I just, I just, I've seen what it's done for, for other athletes, for other people and athletes I've coached and, and things like that. And so reflecting on my own career, that was a, that was a big thing. So we clearly talk a lot about being intentional and having purpose in the things that we do. And I think that first time that we connected, that was the message that resonated most specifically with you is like, okay, my, my high school career, we never really talked about the mental side of this process. We, we knew it was important in some ways, but then we just expected it to happen. And, and for us, that intentional piece has been a foundation for what we've done the last five years together with your program. Like, talk to me about how that has shaped the cross country portion. And then you're also the assistant wrestling coach have, have worked and do a lot with youth wrestling in Springfield also. And, and like, talk to me about how that intent and that purpose is just layered in through everything that you're doing right now. Yeah. So it started, you know, with us in cross country, um, you know, we got real intentional with pacing and times and, uh, and workouts and even into race strategy and things like that, which was all new to me because I ran cross country for two years. Otherwise I played football in high school. Um, so a lot of learning for myself, um, but I've had a lot of good resources, you know, to draw from. Um, but it started there with that intentionality and then kind of diving into the youth wrestling program. Um, in 2018, 19, we kind of started with year zero, we called it, um, with building that back up. Uh, um, and then going on our own, ultimately we were in a co-op, uh, with Redwood Valley and then bringing it back to Springfield for the first time in like 32 years on our own. Um, 
needing to just really be intentional with the things. And it started with growing it. You know, we start phase one is kind of getting the numbers to where they need to be. Um, and so we did a lot of things to, to build excitement around it. Um, we did inner squad duels that we call Thursday night throwdown. We're doing wrestler of the week. We're, we're on social media. Uh, we're getting parents involved. We started up a booster club. Um, just all those types of things that build excitement, keep, keep building community and making not only the kids, but the parents also buy in and, and want to be a part of something special. Well, and like, and this kind of reflects the conversation, you know, the second conversation that we had with John Peter, if we go back and listen to that, he, he was talking about building a program like through community involvement, right. And, and their community is a little bit different, super diverse and, and different cultures and, and these sort of things. But he really said like, let's do it at the youth level, get people engaged at the youth level. And, and you talk about year zero. I think this is a really important sort of concept that we talked about a lot in our, in our conversations through this process is like, don't expect anything yet. You know, like don't have these expectations that they're going to be super skilled or super talented, right? You guys, you mentioned that. And I think there's a lot of programs out there in, in many sports that like are struggling and, and, you know, I think about Brad Strand that was also on the, the superintendent at uh, Breckenridge right now, won a state title as a basketball coach. He said, you have three rebuilds in life. And, and really, like, I think this is a, a pretty good example of it. Like, let's start at year zero. We have no expectations about what the outcomes are going to be. We have to really look at what's going to plant the seeds for success. And, and I hear these things like community involvement, parent involvement not necessarily going out and competing outside of your guys's program, just building excitement and energy and fun around, around your stuff, like being super introspective before you look outward. How has that process changed in the last five years? Yeah. Um, and go back and I've listened to all 108 episodes. So I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty knowledgeable on all the guests uh, back to, to JP uh, in his community. We're, we're a little different, but we're, we're the same in, in some respects too, in that Springfield's not a big wrestling community, right? Yeah. We don't have a lot of dads back that were wrestlers. We don't have, so we're, we're kind of, we're kind of in that same boat where it's building it from, from scratch. Um, you know, we have a few people that wrestled that are back, um, but not a ton, you know, and we don't have a real big tradition in it. Um, good individuals, you know, throughout the years. But um, so in that respect, you know, kind of the same thing where we're building it and we're get, trying to get, we're trying to educate the people we're trying to, to build. Um, but back to your question. So year zero was uh, 18, 19, and now we're on to, uh, to this last season would be 21, 22. And now we're looking at the 22, 23. Um, we've, we've taken steps each year to do a little bit more um, competition. And, and now this last season, we, for the first time ever, we put a, a team, a K6 team into the, the NYWA team regional, which is like the, the, one of the premier state uh, tournaments. Um, and that was a qualifying tournament. Uh, we went 0-2, but we lost a, a four-point duel to Tracy, just a, you know, a, a team down the road and the kids had a blast. And, and so that was a big step for us. And now um, I think we're into phase two, which would be, you know, now we're, we've got the numbers. Now let's see where we can go. Let's, let's find our best 
Um, yeah. Let's push it a little bit more. But also keeping in mind that there's a throttle that needs to be involved. Um, I, I couldn't have wrestled year round. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of successful guys say the same thing. Wrestling is not a sport that you can do uh, unless you're, you know, one of the 0.01% that are crazy D1 guys. You need a break. Um, so keeping that in mind also to not overdo it. Well, and I think that's such a, it's one of the things that keeps coming up in our conversations. And, and like I said, we talk on the phone once, maybe twice a week. And, and one of the things that we're just constantly reminding each other of it. And I've said this, I don't know how many times on the podcast, we don't need to be taught. We need to be reminded. And, and the thing I really appreciate about, about the community piece that you're talking about, the relationship that we have is that it, there's this constant reminder. Yeah. You're bringing ideas for how we can advance eyes up. And then you're asking ideas for how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? And like that, that throttle is almost exterior, right? There's somebody that's kind of the reminder of like, Hey, don't push too fast. Don't go too far. Like reinvest the energy you need to at this level of the process. You know, sometimes you'll come to me with a really cool idea for eyes up and we'll get talking about it. And then you're like, yeah, but you got to do this first, you know, like this is the step that comes next. And we talk about just take a step. How vital has it been for you guys to identify what step is the most important right now? Cause I think at times we get ahead of ourselves and we're like, I want to do this thing. What, you know, it took four or five years to say, we're going to go and compete at the, at the NY, the, the state tournament level with our athletes. Why did you guys make that choice now? What held you back in the past? Oh, certainly we uh, wanted to jump ahead four or five years immediately and frequent reminders, and, uh, you know, questioning whether we're doing the right thing, you know, um, all the time, you know, that's, it's been a lot of action. There's been a lot of let's throw paint at the wall and hope it sticks. And a lot of it has, um, we were actually approached by some parents that asked, um, if they could enter a team and, uh, we wanted to make sure that we had our coaches involved in things. And, and so we had the, we had some parents that were, were excited about it. And we had, we, we've got kids that have been in the program now for three, four, um, five years, some of them. So I think it was, I think it was time. Um, and you know, when you've got, you got to listen to the people kind of get a gauge of, of where they're at and what they want. And our coaches were super excited about it. Uh, I went over and helped coach. Um, so it was, it was a great, great experience. And I think it was the right step. We went into it, not knowing if we were just going to get shellacked. Um, but fortunately we didn't. And I think even if we did, um, you know, the one nice thing I was, I was thinking about, and I've talked to several people about is we don't have kids that we'll get some tears, but we don't have any kids that get super bent out of shape. If they lose, you know, we, we preach that a lot. And fortunately we've got coaches on staff that have been a part of some of this eyes up stuff. And, and we talk about it a lot that they've bought into the process and we're constantly preaching. We don't care if you win or lose. We just want you to keep coming back. We want you to get better. Um, so, you know, we're fortunate in that respect too, to have good coaches down there doing the right things. The, again, reminds me of, of so many conversations we've had cross country, you know, wrestling, like how do you, and in that idea of onboarding coaches to your philosophy, like having alignment up and down. And I don't know that there's an answer to this. I, I even think you kind of spoke to it a, li a little bit, like what the answer is, but how do you bring coaches into the fold so that the message from, you know, like, I think one of the challenges of being a head high school coach or an assistant at the high school level is getting that messaging down into the kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth grade people, because 
we, you say parents come to us and prompt, Hey, we need to do this. That's not all I said. Awesome. You know, like that was, that was my response to that because I know the process that it's taken to get to that point. Having a parent come and say, we need to compete at a higher level is not always a cool thing for a high school, right? For, for the, the leadership. What do you feel like, how did that process go to get there where everybody's bought in and saying, we, we might go and we might get it put on us and that's okay. Um, you know, and we've had those too. We've had those conversations where no, this is where we're at and this is what we're doing. Um, so it's not always things get brought up and we do them. That was one that we did. Um, you know, and, and the guys that we've, we've got, we've got uh, Bill, Bill Krieger and Ryan Reich are kind of our main youth coaches and they've been involved in the process um, from the beginning, you know, and there's been a lot of conversations and there's been some, there's been some, some, um, some, some adjustments made along the way. There's been some, um, certainly some, some trials, you know, that we've had to overcome, but, uh, I just, I don't know uh, if we're just lucky that they have bought in, but it's, it's come with a lot of, a lot of conversations and a lot of what do we want this to look like? And fortunately they bought into the long game and, uh, you know, they, they wrestled, they get it. Um, a lot of the things that, that I, talk about with them you know they, they understand and maybe a little bit of it is is you know having been a successful wrestler maybe that carries a little bit more weight I don't know but um just maybe being fortunate and and I think communication is key we have yeah. meetings and we talk and we you know preach and and uh and I think to them seeing you know I'm I'm doing a ton of work and I think people want to get behind that when they see the the one of the leaders getting out there and getting dirty and, and doing a, a lot of that, uh, that dirty work down there in the trenches, not only at the high school level, but, but the youth level. And, and I'm just now having a son getting into it. So for a lot of years, I haven't, uh, you know, it hasn't been like I just showed up to hang out with my kid. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you said two things that are really important there, that, that, that constant communication, it goes back to intention, right? So we have this intention, this purpose that we're going to, we're going to play the long game and build this thing the right way so that we get athletes, not just kindergarten, first, second grade. Like, I mean, and for those of you that don't know youth wrestling, and this is youth sports in general. So like youth sports in general, we have huge numbers, K three probably. And then you start mm -hmm. to see that attrition as people start to opt into a specific sport or they start to choose different sort of backgrounds and wrestling is no different where you get really big numbers, kindergarten, first, second, and then you start to get that attrition happening. And, and that, that message of, we just want them back next year, right? We want them to have a positive experience so that they come back next year. Bodies, like we can't replace numbers. You just can't in a small school like that, especially. And, and I, you, you mentioned this before, like there's not a tradition, there's not a set of families that like, I mean, and a lot of sports are this way too. My dad did it. So I'm going to do it. Right. And my mom did it. So I'm going to do it. Well, that's not necessarily the case in your community. So you have to be like, we're going to play the long game and just communicating that over and over and over again, being intentional about this is a step that's that we may not see results about for a couple of years. Just it's so hard to be patient and stay the course because, you know, maybe we're not having a ton of success. We're not seeing the results that we want, but that's why you guys do 
Thursday night throwdowns and, and these sort of things so that these kids can have these mountaintop experiences without the wins necessarily. I think that, I think that's really vital. The second thing you said that everybody needs to hear is like, it's not going to happen unless you're willing to stand beside them and do the work. Also, I, how do you, let's go to cross country for a second. Cause I think this is the toggle that you and I always have in our conversations. Like I, cross country is a place where there's less parental, less youth, less assistant coach involvement. You know, it's just not that same sort of like youth sport industrial complex that, that other sports have because it's just running. Right. And, and we don't want to introduce three mile runs too soon to some kids. How do you do something similar where you're building a program that has long-term outlook through the lens across country? Right. Um, you know, we're going to start this fall, um, kind of a new idea, um, that I've, I've been thinking of and going to talk over with some of our, um, people that, that, that help out parents and, and other coaches is just kind of do like a, a Sunday night or whatever night it might be. Sunday kind of just feels right. Cause there's, you know, it's not a school night or anything, but just we'll do some youth running down in the park and parents can come and walk on the trail or jog or do whatever. And so we'll just have kind of like a running club for yeah. say like third through sixth grade. So up until this point, I haven't done a lot with, with youth. I know, I know I've known I need to, yeah. Uh, so now is now time to take action. Um, but we do summer running and we invite sixth graders that are going to be seventh graders to come and check it out. Like if you're thinking about it, this is a great time to come on, you know, a team run. And a lot of them that are on the fence will enjoy it because it's a great group of kids. We've got good adults involved. We've got parents that will volunteer just to come run with us, things like that. So, um, so that's one way um, that we have, but then, like I said, something new for this fall. I'm gonna gonna look to get started is just kind of a running club thing, and and parents can come and and whatever. So try to build build a community there too, because both those sports are, yeah. I want to say obscure, but uh, there's not. Well, they're a challenging. Lot of, they're hard, right? Yeah. There's there's a there's a sense that this. I'm gonna go on a Sunday night. I'm gonna run. That's not gonna be fun. I'm gonna go and go to wrestling camp on a Tuesday morning in the middle of the, like, that's not going to be fun. Right. There's, yeah, the, number there's one a, kid, the number one thing kids say to me is why would I run for fun? And my response is we run to compete. Yeah. We don't just run for fun. We're there to compete. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, but both sports, they're just the, the mindset is, is huge. And, and always trying to instill in, in through our mindset lessons and things is just how this translates, you know, and I give a lot of personal stories of my own, uh, know how I use this stuff, being intentional and, and, and tracking things and all of that. It's, it's an everyday life. No joke. It really is. What, what do you think? Like, so when you speak to that stuff with your athletes and when you have conversations with other coaches or other leaders, like what is the thing that has created the most growth for you personally? Um, just time and, and continuing to, to be around it and reading. Um, you know, I did something, what was it last December, we would have been pushed back because of COVID. So I decided to challenge myself to run hundred miles that month. And I ended up running or maybe it started with 80 or something and I ran over a hundred and then I challenged myself to read 10 minutes a day and I got through 12 books last year and I haven't read 12 books in a decade probably. 
Um, so I learned a lot through that and, and conversations and, and just talking with coaches. And I love doing that. Um, but just continuing to, to uh, work with it and talk about it and things have really helped me um, grow in, in that area. And then challenging myself. I think once in the last couple of years, now that I'm over 30, um, I've looked for challenges in my own life, ways to challenge myself and then kind of track that. Like this winter, I cut caffeine for 12 weeks. Um, first three days were pretty miserable. Headaches, body aches, little withdrawal, but uh, made it through. And now I do just very limited amounts of caffeine because I, you know, being a teacher and things, I drink a lot of caffeine. Yeah, um, no so I just felt like it was too much. I do have high blood pressure, which is, you know, just a hereditary thing. Um, you look, look at me and you, everyone's like, no way. But yeah. So just thought maybe a little less caffeine would help. And I just cut it cold turkey one day and, you know, so looking for ways to do those things. And that comes from this, right. I wouldn't do that. I didn't do that until I started working with the mindset stuff for being very intentional about it. Yeah. I mean, I think about how much, you know, and so you're the, you are the coach, the cross country coach, you said you're going to run 200 miles with us last summer. Right. And, and so anybody that's listening for a little, a little while knows that I, I went on that adventure with your cross country team last year and ended up running a lot more than I thought I would and fell in love with running again. And one of the things that I think was so vital about it was the tracking, right. Was writing it down, being specific about how it was and like being able to see that progress. We have talked so, so frequently you and I, and then it shows up in here in the podcast often too, is like being able to see progress is so much more important than having a cool outcome. You know, um, like, I think at, at one point last summer, I was like, I'm going to run a 20 minute 5k, right? I, that's what I want to be able to do. And, and I never did that. Like I never put that on, on paper. Like I know I'm pretty confident I would have had I gone and competed in a race or something had I ch chose to do that, but seeing it go from, and I was looking through my tracking last week because I was starting running again. And, and I looked and I'm like my first 5k was about 12 to 15 days into running. I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and run a 5k. And I'm just going to see how long it took me. And I was like 27, 30. And then by the end of the summer, I was running non-competitive 5k's. I was running like 21 minutes. And I'm like, okay, that's a really cool thing to see that progress. And being intentional allows you to do that, right? Being Having a specific intent and a purpose around all of this allows you to see progress. If you're just like, well, I'm going to try this. And then I don't write anything down. I don't have any, I'm not going to come back to the same thing next time. I'm not going to come back to the same thing next time. There's just a real hard, you're guessing at how much progress you have. How have you been trying to, to take that lesson, that learning and apply it to the programs themselves? What, what sort of things are you measuring to see progress for your athletes uh, across? And I, I don't know that you have a great answer for this. I just, I'm just curious. Um, well, we, we keep track of, you know, obviously all of our race numbers in cross country. And uh, like at the end of last season, I showed them how much they had grown from race one to the end. And it was like an average of three and a half minutes or something faster, yeah. you know, across the whole team. Um, but we're, we're constantly setting goals and, and, and monitoring there um, in wrestling, you know, specifically at the youth level, I've tracked numbers like crazy there. I mean, for mostly for my own, uh, purposes just to you know I keep a spreadsheet of kids each year um, this year I kept track of kids uh, places at each meet and then 
tracked number of first, second, third, fourth place finishes we had. Um, just, to, you know, and then I keep track of all the things that we do each year um, as far as events or, you know, like we do the, we do a couple fundraisers each year. So, you know, I keep track of numbers there and just kind of make a whole, a whole list of here's what we've got for the year. Um, just keeping things pretty organized, you know, and, and the invention of Google uh, drive has really helped with that. Cause if it was on paper, I probably would have lost it. Um, but it's, it's easy to come back to and then share that with people. And then we can kind of see the growth in numbers. We can see who's staying, we can see retention, we can see who's participating, where, who's competing, where things like that. And, th- and that was my next question is how do you interact with that in terms of like, okay, so a kid doesn't come back out or you see that clearly because the spreadsheet says, and like some kids just get lost in the process because they weren't, you know, they weren't going to six tournaments. They weren't at all the team functions, but they were out. Do you then like, it's really, I think it's really easy to lose one of 50, you know, and be like, oh, I didn't even notice that they weren't out this year. Does that help you? Mm-hmm. And then do you act on that? Yeah. What do you guys do? I've sent uh, many emails out to parents. Um, just like, Hey, so uh, Timmy wasn't signed up this year. Just wondering what go- what's going on in the last couple of years. You know, you get a lot of COVID stuff, you know, we had a yeah. couple of didn't come out that are now at summer camp this year um, that weren't, or I contacted a few parents of kids that I thought should have been signed up or were going to sign up um, or I- I'm in the elementary so I can grab them and talk to them, but it definitely helps to see and go back and compare and, you know, otherwise, if you don't, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't be able to keep track and see some of those kids that, you know, and I want every kid, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm because we number one, cause we need everyone. Cause you don't know who's going to still be standing with you at the end. And number two, just because, um, you know, I, I want for them what, what we experienced in, in, in athletics. Cause otherwise a lot of kids, if they just kind of fall between the cracks, they end up not doing anything. And, and in a small school, we've got 40 to 50 kids in a grade you need everybody. So yeah, definitely. I follow up and try to touch base with either parents or kids. If I see they're not, uh, if they're not back. Well, I, I think that goes to just a recent conversation, Matt Dugan from Bridgeton Academy. And we talked about high visibility, you know, like, yep, you're in the elementary school and it makes it really easy to be super visible. And you then take steps beyond that to be visible, right? Okay. I, I, your son has expressed interest before, and you're not signed up, what happened? Oh, I never got a sheet. Well, that's, that's one we shouldn't lose, right? That's, I didn't, I, I didn't know about it. I, I'm not on the social media. I didn't know that this was going on. Like, okay, here's the interaction you needed to prompt. And now we get you back or we get a first time engagement and that engagement's positive. And now we're, we're keeping that door open for maybe it's a lasting commitment. I think the thing that I'm just so struck by as I lo- like look at your programs from afar is like how lasting the commitment is to these sort of behaviors and the, like the committed kind of coming back to like re-engaging with reinvesting with we're going to make sure that this is long-term right because it's really really simple to have a good group of athletes and then get lost in this year is that just a you thing are you like a long-term committed person or where does where does that come from no a commitment usually scares me um <laughs> i don't know i just i i've had the good fortune to be in a, an assistant you know in a number of programs and things and uh and just kind of taking a step back and, and viewing 
you know, wrestling specifically, I look at our section in, in Southwest Minnesota right now at the high school level, we've got a lot of teams with low numbers, you know, and, and, uh, and now it seems like at the youth level, there's more of a, a resurgence. So there's some, some coaches getting back involved or, or young coaches getting involved that are, that are building it. Um, hopefully for the long term, because, you know, as we've talked, our, a rising tide raises all ships. So yeah. it'll make us better in the long run. Um, but I think just through our conversations and, and knowing and understanding that I, I don't want this to be just a, let's take this one group and run them through. And um, just understanding that you got to have longevity. It's got to be a, a, a good foundation to begin with. And then let's keep it flowing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have huge peaks and huge valleys. You know, my goal getting into this, our goal was to be sustainable on our own. And that means four to five kids per grade, which isn't a ton, you know, but that's what we need for kids to come through the program. If we can have more, great. If not, then we got to reevaluate what we're doing. Yeah. No kidding. And, and I think about that thing that you said, like, okay, a rising tide raises all boats. This, I was talking with a, with a parent yesterday at at the section golf tournament. Um, and this parent was talking about how they had, had another athlete, um, a daughter that was a, a, a golfer and was like the most visibly agitated golfer you've ever seen, right? Bad shot club in the ground, not fun to golf with, not an engaging person to be around. Like the competition of it almost was too much. And then he talked about how going to college and having this experience where like just the most joyful person to golf with. And and he said something that I've said before, and I, and I think it's so valuable. And you just mentioned it. It's like compete with, not against, right? You're competing with these people. I, I think in cross country terms, like if there's a, if there's an athlete in this race, that's a 30 second, that's 30 seconds better than you. That's a really cool challenge. That's not something to back down from that. If I go and run with them for as long as I can, I'm probably going to have my best race today too, right? If I go and, if I go and go with them not against them like if my whole goal is just get to their level like just go run with them just go compete with them like put yourself in the position to be around them as often as possible learn from them compete at that stage and all of a sudden we're gonna just slowly raise what we're doing as well and and southwest minnesota wrestling has been very very good for a very long time and then there was this ebb right there was this like it, it was a reduction and now you're seeing at the youth level people have reinvested because we got we got to, we got people to go chase again like we get we have to go reestablish ourselves at that level and that's just like that's such a fun mindset shift to to yeah. undertake as an individual athlete and as a program and it, what you were speaking to before has been a mindset shift for me too, that you kind of helped me work through is, you know, we had section realignments a couple of last year and, and we're right on the edge of section two and three, four in section two, our girls, I don't want to say are shoe in, but you know, very, very uh, easily a top two probably team in the section while we're in section three and now we're, you know, scratching and clawing and t- to be the top five. Um, but that's where you want to be, you know, a, a shot in the darks, way more fun than a walk in the park, you know, and, and we had conversations about this when I was coaching, you know, with my brothers, the head coach at ACGC, and we 
for a number of years, their team section was, you know, they'd win 58 to three or six or something in the finals. It was a foregone conclusion. We're going to make it. And these other teams would come rolling into the state tournament, having fought their way through the section tournament. And, and now they got the momentum. So I think there's something to that where you want to go, you want to compete against the best to get to that next level, right? You don't want to, to have the easy route just to say you've made it there, right? Because that's when I think you find your best. And, and maybe it was just, maybe it had nothing to do with it, but it, it, that's the way when I looked at it, it felt that, you know, for them, yeah, we're supposed to be here. This was easy. These other teams are super grateful. They, they competed hard the week before, two weeks before. Now they're here. Now they're rolling, right? They've got nothing to lose. And, uh, and so I think that's, that's been a big mindset shift for me too. You know, we want to be around the best. We want to compete against the best. You don't want any handouts. Absolutely. And, and that is really hard in the youth sport culture of right now. I think, and I like, so I listened to Huberman lab, Andrew Huberman, um, pretty often he's a neuroscientist and I would recommend anybody that's listening to, to go check that out. You're, you're digging in for a long, long podcast. He likes the, the longer sort of conversations. Cause he's, he's all about all of the details. But one of the things that he was talking about in a recent episode I was listening to is like how dopamine responses reduce with the, everybody gets a trophy sort of thing. He's like hard work, then reward, hard work, then reward. Like that's the way our brain has been wired. And so when we just get rewarded, it doesn't like, it's not motivating. It actually reduces motivational drive. And so what you're talking about going through the gauntlet to get to the state tournament is like, not only is it anecdotally, like, I think that that's been a bigger boon for success for some of these other programs actually like the neuroscience supports and backs that up it's like it's it's less motivating to just get rewarded constantly to go out and win and win and win and when you have to work hard to get rewarded to keep that same level of motivation and and you know it, it's nobody's fault that you know like your brother's team was really good and that their section was not very good but it is a challenge to get up for that next moment when you haven't had to in the same way. And then, you know, how much more important is it to have the mental game kind of in place and, and to know what's required of you in, in those high stress moments. I, I think that is a really uh, useful thing to think about. And like you talk about you guys, a section in, for on the girl side and cross, and even on the boys side, the boys side for cross country too, like really, really tough. Awesome. Right. We had, you know, when I was coaching track and field at Pequot Lakes, we had the same thing. You know, we had Jeff Morris on this podcast, the cross-country coach at Perm, and they are really, really good. And they're in our section, and it's like, okay, if we if we can compete with them, we can compete at the state level. We know that we're good enough to go down there and, and win a state championship potentially. And so it, it, it's not only like you earned it and it's motivating, it also is super confidence-inspiring, right? Yeah, and I, I like what you were – saying there about the hard work and reward that's kind of something that we we started last year with our our youth uh wrestlers is started this tiger tough that's kind of our slogan tiger tough wrestling uh summer conditioning challenge uh to to teach them number one hard work number two commitment um because they have to do it it's 15 burpees push-ups and sit-ups a day throughout every day of summer and then they get to be part of the tiger tough club where they get a shirt and then they get announced at a at a, a high school wrestling match but i mean 
it, it takes dedication because if you start to let those pile up and the other thing it does is it, it teaches them the one big thing that I, or thing that I've become a big proponent of is just teaching those like just do, be consistent every day. Yeah. Just do something every day, right? Little things over time make a big difference. And, and so hopefully we're starting that them at a young age where they can know and understand just a little bit each day. Right. But if I let that go for seven days, now I've got a whole bunch to do. Now it's overwhelming. Now I quit. Now I'm yeah. not going to, right. So continue to stay the course. We had, I think eight kids do it last year and I'm expecting more than that this year. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully 15 or so. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep track. Uh, kind of like you would remember on the old wrestling shirts, not the Matt rat type shirts, but on the, the state high school league shirts where they'd list everybody, you know, team weight and all that. Mm-hmm. So each year we're going to list all the kids. Um, so, hope, you know, someday, not today, it'll be a big long list of a bunch of years and, and they'll get yeah. on it, and, but you got to put in the work in order to get there. And it's, yeah. it's not easy. Well, and, and I think about, you know, there's a stat out there and I don't know the exact number, but it's something like 60% of all of our behaviors are habitual, right? What we are used to doing is what we do. Right. And, and you said it too, like if you miss a few days, it kind of stacks up, it piles up and then it feels overwhelming. So you're really fighting kind of two battles in that process. Okay. I'm, I'm creating habits that are going to be normal. I'm just, okay. I, I do 15 pushups, burpees and sit-ups every single day. And at some point, I want to level up. So I'm going to do 20, 25, whatever it is. Like they might make that choice. They might opt into that, but minimum, they're just creating a habit. And then you're also learning this skill of like, if I do it now, I don't have that overwhelm later. And I mean, I just, I think about that as kind of the, maybe the tagline for, for this episode in some ways, like do all of the things now so that later you get to, to experience that I'm reading a book called legacy by James Kerr. It's about the all blacks, um, the Australia or the New Zealand rugby team. And it talks about plant trees that you'll never use, right. You'll never get to sit in the shade of. Right. And I think that is, it's an amazing message. And what's, what's real is that if somebody else did it before you, you get to sit in the shade too. And like that continuation, that's what program building is. And I think, one of the the things I've just appreciated about our our relationship over the last five, six, seven years is is that we've had this ongoing conversation about what it means to build programs, not necessarily what it means to win, right? But what it means to build programs and to build athletes and people that are going to plant trees that we and maybe not us specifically, but our someday athletes, right? Our someday kids are gonna are gonna get to benefit that and uh it's really it's really powerful man so so thank you for your friendship and all the conversations we've get, got to have thank you for being able to do this today and and share some of what springfield's up to because i just know you know if you guys are doing it in this small community and really with a pretty small group of people invested right now right and it's growing and it's getting bigger and that's awesome but I think if you, if you can, I don't know, weaponize isn't the right word, but, uh, compound that in a, in a larger community, some really, really cool things were happening. So thanks for joining us, Luke. Uh, great for having you. Thank you. Thanks again to coach Luke Amson Springfield. Uh, so many things that 
that I think about from this conversation that just reinforce what we have talked about for now 110 episodes is this capacity to not expect results tomorrow or right now to be able to look at the process like they have and say we're in year zero and to to then remove our assumptions about what we know about the things that we think are right but to start really from a place where we're learning we're curious we're we're constantly communicating with the people in the program we're constantly communicating with the the people that are supporting what we're doing and the people that are growing what we're doing those that are leaders those that are involved we're we're doing communication all the way through the program at each level but we're also evaluating constantly coach talked about this idea of having a throttle right and being able to throttle up and throttle down and to know when it's time because you're constantly evaluating he talked about them kind of leveling up their their competition and it's not just oh we we felt like it was time we knew it was time because we were we've been in this sort of conversation for a long time and so i think you know my big takeaways in this process are are what john and i talked about from the beginning luke models this stuff and he does it himself and then it's easy for other people to buy in but he's constantly in this place of evaluating where are we at what are we doing is it worth it let's try this new idea does it work a lot of us just do what we've always done and that's not necessarily going to get us any change in results and and I, I just I keep coming back to this idea like build from year zero right it's year zero where are you in your life at year zero where do you need to remove expectations remove assumptions go get curious and learn and who can you ask those questions to who can help you and be in your corner who can press the throttle when it's necessary and who can help back you off and say you know i don't know that you're there yet when we have those types of people in our lives and i'm so grateful that luke is one of them for me we get better and uh I know, as John always says, like we got better today. And I, and I believe that you guys have as well. Thanks for joining us. We are so grateful for the community that, that continues to support and believe in what we do. And we hope that we can continue to bring awesome people and guests like we did with Luke today. Thanks again. And as always, live eyes up.